Hi there. Thank you for joining us tonight. If this is your first time watching the stream or participating in one of our Chi Alpha family groups, my name is Matt and we are so glad that you're here. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how living your life without knowing your purpose is kind of like walking into a room and forgetting why it is that you're there. We hate that feeling and that's no kind of way to live your life. Well, what would be the opposite of that? Someone so assured of their purpose that whenever they step into a situation, they know exactly why they're there and they know exactly what they need to do. When John Morant steps onto a basketball court, he knows exactly why he's there, right? He's been sent there by the Memphis Grizzlies to score points and win basketball games. And so he's going to take advantage of every opportunity he has to do that. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus to be careful how you live not as unwise, but as wise, and to make the most of every opportunity. If we know that we've been sent with a clear purpose, we're going to do that. We're going to make the most of every opportunity. And if we know that we've been sent specifically by God to be his witnesses, well, then we're going to make the most of every opportunity to share Jesus with the people around us. And so we're going to look at a perfect example of that in our study tonight as we continue to follow the missionary journey of Barnabas and Saul. So we've been studying the New Testament book of Acts these last couple weeks in our family groups, talking about man, what it means to live knowing that our purpose is that we've been sent by God. You know, the truth is many people live their whole lives without ever really knowing what their purpose is. But we know that as individuals that are sent by God with a specific purpose, we don't just happen to find ourselves in this situation or that situation, but we know we've been placed there, sent there by God, and that informs everything about how we live. Last week, we talked about whenever it seems like we try to do something significant for God, it seems like opposition will rise up to challenge that. But if we know specifically that we've been sent by God, it gives us the courage to face that opposition and overcome it, especially if that opposition is something that's keeping people from knowing the Lord. In the text we're looking at tonight, Paul and Barnabas continue to move forward in their purpose with their missionary journey, leaving Cyprus and sailing north to the region of Galatia. So let's take a look at it. Tonight we're going to be in Acts chapter 13, starting in verse 13. Acts 13, starting in verse 13, says this. Paul and his companions then left Paphos by ship for Pamphylia, landing at the port town of Perga. And there John Mark left them and returned to Jerusalem. Luke doesn't give us a lot of information about why John Mark left, why John Mark left the team here. Uh, we can guess. We can guess it probably has something to do with the opposition that they face there on Cyprus, opposition that Paul and Barnabas are going to continue to face on the rest of this journey. Maybe it was too intense for him. Maybe he said, whoa, I wasn't prepared for all this. You know, in 20 years of university ministry, I've led lots of missions trips, and I've seen that look in a student's face of like, oh, this is more intense than what I had, had planned on. Oh, I wasn't prepared for this. So maybe maybe John Mark got freaked out and said, hey, guys, I need to, I need to duck out. I need to head home. But he heads back to Jerusalem. Uh, and again, we don't, we don't know exactly why, but we do know this becomes a point of tension in Paul and Barnabas' relationship, and that's going to be important later. But continuing on in verse 14, Paul and Barnabas traveled inland to Antioch of Pisidia. On the Sabbath, they went to the synagogue for the services. After the usual readings from the book of Moses and the prophets, those in charge of the service sent them this message. Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, come and give it. You know, they recognized Paul. Paul was, would be a well-known individual in this area. Uh, Paul was trained by one of the top 
uh, Jewish rabbis. He was well known. And so when they see Paul and Barnabas here, maybe with their entourage, they say, hey, we want to give these guys a chance to speak. And that's what they do. So verse 16 says, so Paul stood, lifted his hand to quiet them and started speaking. Men of Israel, he said, and God-fearing Gentiles, listen to me. What follows is Paul's first and longest recorded sermon. For the sake of time, we're not going to read all of it, but I do encourage you uh, to later go back and read it because it's good stuff. But Paul begins his sermon by recounting a good portion of Jewish history. He talks about the history of the Jewish people and God's sovereignty and choosing a people for himself, delivering them from slavery in Egypt, establishing them in the promised land, and all of this as part of God's plan to one day send a Messiah to save them, a Savior who would be a descendant of King David. Notice here that as Paul teaches, he starts with a framework that his listeners would be familiar with. The exodus from Egypt, the settling in Canaan, the rise of the judges and kings. The audience here at the synagogue would be very familiar with all these concepts. And we can learn from Paul's methods here when we're sharing the gospel with someone and begin with the framework that they can understand and build towards Jesus from there. So what is that person's spiritual background? You know, how has their worldview been shaped by their life experiences? And then how can you connect that to the good news of Jesus? Paul explained to all those that were gathered there at the synagogue that day that all of God's purposes working throughout history culminated in Jesus. All of the Old Testament history and prophecies pointed to Jesus, and Paul wanted them to see that. So we're going to pick up his message in verse 23. It says this, It was one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who is God's promised Savior of Israel. Before he came, John the Baptist preached that all the people of Israel needed to repent of their sins and turn to God to be baptized. As John was finishing his ministry, he asked, Do you think I am the Messiah? No, I am not. But he is coming soon, and I'm not even worthy to be his slave or untie the sandals on his feet. Paul continues in verse 26. Brothers, you sons of Abraham, and also you God-fearing Gentiles, this message of salvation has been sent to us. The people in Jerusalem and their leaders did not recognize Jesus as the one the prophets had spoken about. Instead, they condemned him, and in doing this, they fulfilled the prophets' words that are read every Sabbath. They found no legal reason to execute him, but they asked Pilate to have him killed anyway. Why did the Jewish leaders reject Jesus? They were expecting a different kind of Messiah. They were expecting a political or military leader that would overthrow the rule of Rome. And Jesus came proclaiming an eternal spiritual kingdom and forgiveness of sins. He wasn't promising the political or military power that they hoped for. So they rejected him and killed him, just as the Old Testament prophets predicted that they would. Verse 29, When they had done all that the prophecies said about him, they took him down from the cross and placed him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And over a period of many days, he appeared to those who had gone with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, and they are now witnesses to the people of Israel. Jesus raised from the dead and appeared to hundreds of eyewitnesses. And so the good news of what God has done in Jesus is now spreading. Verse 32, and now we are here to bring you this good news. The promise was made to our ancestors, and God has now fulfilled it for us, their descendants, by raising Jesus. Paul then continues by tying in some prophecies of the Messiah and explains how they were fulfilled by Jesus. Dropping down to verse 38, he concludes here, Brothers, listen. 
We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight, something the law of Moses could never do. The law can't make us right with God. The law exists to show how badly we need God, to show how far we are from him, how badly we need a savior. But just following those rules could never make us righteous and acceptable to God. So Paul concludes his message by warning them uh, to be careful not to reject this gift. Don't reject this gift of forgiveness of sins by faith in Jesus. Don't reject what God's done for you through Christ Jesus uh, because the prophet Habakkuk predicted that some people would. He said, man, some people are going to reject this. Don't be one of them. Man, accept what God's done for you in Jesus. That's his warning and encouragement, and that's the note that he ends on. Verse 42 says, as Paul and Barnabas left the synagogue that day, the people begged them to speak about these things again next week. Said, hey, we loved it. Come back again next week, right? We want to hear more about this Jesus. We want to hear more uh, about what God's done for us in Christ. Come back next week. Come back next week. Verse 43, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, and the two men urged them to continue to rely on the grace of God. The following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. But, but when some of the Jews saw the crowds, they were jealous, so they slandered Paul and argued against whatever he said. Dropping down to verse 50, Then the Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city and incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. Luke tells us that the Jewish leaders were jealous when they saw these crowds. They were jealous seeing so many people putting their faith and trust in Jesus. And because they were jealous, they argued and they slandered Paul and Barnabas, and ultimately they stirred up a mob that ran them right out of town. Paul was preaching about a forgiveness of sins that came through Jesus and a freedom from feeling like you had to measure up to a law that you could never quite meet up to. Uh, and, and because these Jewish leaders were still bound to that law, they didn't like to hear that. It's like when someone criticizes your relationship with your boyfriend or your girlfriend because they're lonely, right? They're jealous. Or when someone can't celebrate a win with you and they're critical uh, of your success because of their own jealousy. If they can't be happy, then no one can be, which is terrible, but unfortunately all too common. Observing the law to prove that they were righteous was all that these Jewish leaders had ever known. And they couldn't accept seeing people free and enjoying a relationship with God solely based on his grace. We know this because as soon as Paul and Barnabas leave, they try to put these new Gentile believers back under the bondage of the law, telling them they need to observe the Jewish law uh, in addition to trusting in Jesus in order to be saved. As Paul fled the region, we know that his heart ached for the believers there because as soon as he's able, he writes a letter to them, the letter of the Galatians, uh, to encourage them and explain, and no, you don't, you don't need to be bound by the law. No, we're free in Christ and, and, and all the good things that God had done for them in Jesus. Uh, we're going to study this letter to the Galatians in our life group starting next week. And I think it's going to be a perfect complement to what we're talking about here in family groups. So, so Paul, as soon as he's able, you know, they, they get run out of town. But as soon as Paul's able, he writes this letter to the churches there uh, in Galatia, these new believers, Jewish converts and Gentiles who put their trust in Jesus, encouraging them. And I think that letter to the Galatians will be a huge encouragement to you. If you're not yet plugged into one of our Kai Alpha family groups, I super encourage you to do that. Uh, join in one next week. Uh, I think you're going to love it. So what does all this mean for us? 
Because Paul and Barnabas knew they were sent there by God, they stepped into that synagogue with a purpose. They knew they were going to take advantage of any opportunity they had to proclaim Jesus and tell these people the good news of the gospel. When we step into a situation, we need to have that same perspective. Okay, God, I trust that you have me here for a reason. How do you want to use me to share the gospel, to share the good news about Jesus with the people that are here? If we know that we've been sent with a purpose, we'll see every situation as an opportunity to share Jesus. Remember, start with the framework that they already understand. Learn about their life and then build from Jesus, build to Jesus from there. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. I guarantee that he will. And maybe you're here and you really need the truth of Paul's message today, that we're not made right with God by following rules. We're made right with God by putting our trust in Jesus and what he did for us on the cross to save us. Uh, and if you've never done that, I want to encourage you to do that tonight, to put your trust in Jesus. Say, God, uh, would you forgive me of my sins? Would you save me and make me right with you? I want to have a relationship with you and put your faith in Jesus tonight. We're going to transition now to family groups to discuss some of these things. I'm praying that you guys have fantastic conversations and discussions there. I love you guys and looking forward to talking to you again very soon.